Guess what? Now that's peanut brittle. That's peanut brittle. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, it is our 51st episode, which, as we know, is the one that you celebrate. This is absolutely amazing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people I've noticed lately do this dumb thing where they do like the even anniversary, which I don't. Yeah, no, you don't. I don't. Mm-mm. That's no. not traditional. Yeah. That's don't. not the way you nope. should do it. Because you can't celebrate something <laughs> reject, until after reject you've done modernity. it. Reject modernity. Embrace tradition. <laughs> right. You don't. You don't. Th- look, this is like you don't. You don't have a birthday party for your child before their child is your, the child is born. You have the right. party after. The, you don't have your party. You have your party after you've done the year. Right. Yeah. So that's like why we're yeah. celebrating our 51st episode. And some right. people, I know the haters and the critics mm. are out there just the just going <laughs> like, you know, do, putting their their fingers tips together like in se- sequence. What's that called? You right. know, uh, tenting their fingertips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going, I'll get them this time. They are just doing it because they forgot their 50 episode. No. That's not. No, that's not no. true. We definitely remembered it. Um, we definitely remembered it, and everybody. The else younger generation it. now tells me how tough things are. Give me Peng. a break. <laughs> Give me a break. Give me a break. Anyway, yeah. um, we have some. Hang on, one moment here. I have to find find the sound here. We have some. Uh, we have some follow up from uh, last episode. Not Ooh. quite the right music, but you know it'll work. Do I have the other music? Yes, I do. Here. Follow up uh, the last episode where we talked about the California high speed rail and how they were planning to use the uh, Caltrain corridor yeah. as, their, as their layout along the Yeah, that the was really cool there. and really exciting. They were just going to like, they're going to make it work. They're plowing ahead no matter what. Really positive news. This week comes the news that Caltrain's future is in jeopardy and it may have to shut down by the end of the year if it cannot raise funds uh, through a new sales tax. Aww. Because. Uh, it can't be done. Yeah. You're crazy. Uh, so here's That's here's the thing. Bit- Caltrain uh, is funds about seventy percent of its expenses through fares, which is pretty high. In fact, that's like really yeah. really good. Caltrain is essentially funded by fares. Um, but this became a problem with the pandemic because their ridership has oh, dropped ninety five percent. Ninety five percent. Ninety five. So. So they need a little extra money, and so they 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 proposed. The, uh, Caltrain is not funded in sort of a permanent way as most of the other transit agencies in the Bay Area and indeed the country are funded. Um, they have proposed a one eighth of a cent sales tax uh, to be levied in the three counties that Caltrain, uh, you know, services, um, and the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. Um, decided to simply not even consider this on their meeting uh, last Tuesday um, because they think that the other other counties have too much control over Caltrain. Now, Caltrain is controlled jointly by all three counties and the transit agencies of all three counties. Um, but San Francisco is doing the San Francisco thing where they just sort of throw a shit fit. Um, yeah. So if they don't get that sorted out, Caltrain will run out of money and have to shut down by the end of the year. Now, there is a new, there is a new uh, um, uh, compromise that has been proposed. Um, basically, um, they would get the one-eighth cent sales tax, and then it would go to the, um, the, the transit agencies of all three counties, and they could choose to give it to Caltrain 
but they could also <laughs> choose to not give it to Caltrain, um, which I feel like does not solve the problem because I'm not like what are what are the odds that they're going to give that money to Caltrain? Like I just don't see it really happening. I, so yeah, this I is don't. great. Um, some choice tweets. Um, <clears throat> a lot of San Francisco people like nominally progressive folks um, like to portray Caltrain as being sort of an elitist project because it, it services the peninsula and it's mostly for people to get to high paying technology jobs and whatever, which is true, but also um, important in that it uh, reduces congestion on the freeways and all things like that. Um, <clears throat> we have a tweet here from a Jay Lee um, who says, Caltrain is the Silicon Valley Expressway, a public transit system deliberately priced and structured to keep low-income and black and brown riders away and allowing big tech to ignore housing issues. Will I shed tears for its demise? No, I'll just root for a new BART <coughs> route down 101. Which is, first of all, this is sort of silly because Caltrain has been making strides in trying to make itself uh, cheaper, but also one of the reasons that Caltrain is not cheaper is because it has to use fares to pay for all of its expenses. Right. Um, but also... There is already a train route down 101, and it's called Caltrain. Right. So I, I love to spend billions of dollars to put a slightly different gauge of rail so that BART can service it instead of just keeping the thing that works and is indeed in the middle of modernizing so that it can get even cheaper. I mean, that's the, they're converting <laughs> to electric so that they can run more trains more frequently. It's... This is so. Then there was another. I, I saw a good reply to this tweet uh, that said, "I don't know who needs to hear this. I made forty five thousand dollars last year. I relied upon Caltrain to get to a teaching job that provided half that income. My wife makes slightly more than me and also relies upon it to get to her job as a library conservation technician at Stanford. So it's not just for a bunch of rich tech people. There are other people that use it, and uh, it is a, a, I would say, a fairly important part of the uh, transportation system of the Bay Area. So." Um, yes. San Francisco, just swallow your pride. <laughs> <laughs> San Francisco is like the worst at like eating very, itself over every nimby. little decision. Yeah. yeah. Everything is a huge fight. Um, right. It's just, I mean, basically San Francisco is well, like, they want, they want more the poster control. child for, you better leave them. Yeah, they they want more control over this train route, which mostly services like it has more stations in the other counties than it does in San Francisco. Like, admittedly, San Francisco is one of the big cities that it services, but like yeah. the majority of the system is not in San Francisco. So I don't know. You know, they probably want more control over it just so that they can siphon more money from it is my guess, because why else would you want that? But yeah, anyway. I hope that gets sorted out because um, they're in the middle of uh, trying to, I mean, commuter rail in the U.S. is a sort of messed up system with weird value propositions. And Caltrain is actually trying to sort of lead by example in fixing that in doing things right. like electrifying their main line yeah. and all that. So if they just have to like shut down in the middle of it, that's going to kind of suck. It's, 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 it's kind of a bummer because it's like it. The options have become make things much better or terribly worse. And it's not just like a leave it the same or make it better, which is you'd think the kind of normal proposition. The proposition right. is uh, is like way better or just destroy it, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which not a fan of that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Speaking of make it better or destroy it, um, mm. no, th that's not a great transition. I've done better. Well, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> not quite well, a like, game. The yeah. uh, something we've been talking about is um, keyboards, like uh, computer yes. keyboards. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it gets me every time. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm gonna make one of those. I'm gonna add an extra just to get you one of these days. <laughs> um, so I've been in 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 quarantine. Uh, which you know, I am still mostly doing. Yeah. Which I think everyone should still be mostly doing. Stay home. Yeah. Um. I've I've found uh um a hobby in that I have I have built my first mechanical keyboard from scratch. Previously, I have purchased them. Um. But I've I've now built one in a sort of interesting form factor. It's a split keyboard. Um. So you can do it like in that ergonomic way and all that. Anyway, it's very fun. Keyboards are cool. But we were talking about this, and you mentioned that you uh, um, struggle to perhaps understand the, the keyboard people, us us who enjoy I, the mechanical keyboards. When I see you mechanical keyboard people talking about it, and you're so happy and you're so excited, and it seems like something that I would like, like it's it genuinely seems cool to me, mm-hmm. but I cannot access caring about it or get grokking it like it. But I, mm-hmm. it's like, I want to, like, there must be something cool about it. I'm not like dismissive of it, but it's just, so let me give you my keyboard background is like, since the Apple extended aluminum keyboard came out for like with the IMAX in like, oh, yeah, was yeah. It, like 2008, the Apple keyboard with numeric keypad. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that's been the keyboard I use. And then whatever iteration you know, now it's called, what is it? The, ma- the magic, magic keyboard. keyboard. Yes. <laughs> that like the chiclets are slightly small, uh, lower yeah. the, you know, it's not, it's not incredibly different from that design in 2008. Right. Um, and maybe it is mechanically, but I'm too much of a dummy to know that. But like, to me, that's, that's what I've been using. Like, right. This whole time. I haven't straight and I've I've had to, you know, sometimes like I'll accidentally spill something on the keyboard or something will happen and it'll mm. die and I'll have to steal one from an office mate or that's on our shelf at work. And, you know, we I, I work in IT, so there's like a million different kind of keyboards everywhere. And every single one of them I use, I hate. It feels like I'm going ka-chonk, ka-chonk, ka-chonk on a, a cash register. You know, like an mm-hmm. old timey cash register, like, right? Go to yeah. bling, bling, when I'm trying to type, and I, and so I, when I do that, I think, what is it about mechanical keyboards that mechanical keyboard people are so into? Because this seems not fun. Well, to some me, of us like, like the, the chunk a chunk. I I have here a keyboard that has um. These are switches that are called thick clicks because they are very clicky. <laughs> thick click. And they're very, but the thing is, they're clicky because they're tactile. So they're very satisfying to type on because they are, they sort of resist strongly, but then when they click, they give way. So you get a very good sense that you've like triggered the key, as it were. To me, that seems like, and this probably gets down to like what the core thing of Aaron is, but to Mm. me, it seems like more work and I'm not into that. Well, so this is the thing. (laughs) I don't want more work. I want to like, if I could just, be typing into the air with my fingers and it worked right i would love it like i don't want to have to do any work at 
So, so my proposal is is to construct for you a keyboard, the mechanical keyboard that meets your requirements. To see the, if we can spec out something that actually. Right. The exciting thing about keyboards is that they are a land of contrast, and you can pick from a variety of switches with different feelings and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So, so what I've determined, I think, is that you need what what is called a speed switch. And that Street means that the, the actuation point is very high in the switch travel, so you have mm-hmm. to push it down hardly at all for it to register. Yeah. Um, now, the thing is, do you, like, do you like a sort of feedback point to tell you that you've triggered the key press, or will you just press it all the way down anyway? Um, I don't know. Let me type something. I t- I, I, okay, so people often comment on when they hear me typing that mm-hmm. I type very loudly. Okay. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I'm like I'm like slamming them. Okay. So we probably want like a silent switch, and you probably, you, I'm gonna say that I probably, you probably like want, the resistance, but I guess yeah. I don't want to have to do it too long, too far. Yes. So what we want here is we want to sort of compromise between like a speed switch and then like a silent tactile switch. So the keyboard that I'm using at this moment has silent mm-hmm. tactile switches. So I can feel and indeed yeah. they sort of so they have this resistance and then when you get to the switch point they just sort of give way and they shoot down. And that's how you know that you've registered the key press. But these also have little bumpers on the up and the top and bottom so that when they when they hit the, you know, the the enclosure of the switch they don't make as much of a clacky noise so compare this is this is the clacky one and then this is my you probably can't even hear it i can't hear anything yeah i mean it's just it's a very dull sort of i mean it's it's a little louder than like a um than like well let me see i have a magic keyboard here one moment yeah yeah this is this is theater of the minds they were getting to do like foley work here. We're doing keyboard foley. Well, hey, I have a magic keyboard. Why don't I just do it? Here's 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 here it is. That's it. Okay, I I had to I had to get up and get it because I put it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it it wasn't as nearby as I thought it was, but here I am. <laughs> so, um, with the magic keyboard, you have a sort of. It's like a sharp sound, yeah. sort of high-pitched. And this one, let me see if I can lift this keyboard up here, because it's in two parts. So um, this one, it's, more, it's a sort of duller sound. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, I, it, that probably might even get, it's hard, barely comes through at all. Right, yeah. So much quieter. Um, and you said that that's a big concern for you. So I think that will be a good yeah. choice there. I mean, I, it doesn't really bother me that much, but it is something people well, right. will yes, regularly exactly. comment on. Like, are you killing your key? Like, what do you do? Are you angry? Yeah. But Which, it's, and I that's think why, it's, that's why I use I, the silent keyboard when on a podcast <laughs> and I use the yeah. clicky keyboard when I'm not on a podcast. <laughs> I think it's because I type not because I, I type quickly and to type quickly I type hard. I don't know, but mm-hmm. that's just what I like to do. Right. When you type quickly, you aren't really, you don't really have the time to register the key presses. You just yeah. bang it out. Um, now, um, key caps. Do you like a shaped key cap or do you like the sort of flat profile? Of- I like the flat. That's the other thing, too, that when I'm using different keyboards that have the shapes and they're very like dipped in and stuff, mm-hmm. I find that disconcerting. Because 
sometimes I feel like I'll hit a corner and it feels weird. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I right. just want on off, like button or no button. Okay, yeah, that's doable. And then yeah. for keyboard size, of course, um, most people are accustomed to keyboards just coming in sort of one format. But the world of mechanical keyboards is you can have keyboards of all different sizes where you eliminate mm. most of the keys or whatever. So like the one I'm using now is a 75% keyboard, which means it has like the function row and it has arrow keys, but they're sort of stuffed in together. Um, mm. I guess the, the, so the, like the magic keyboard that doesn't have a numeric keypad <clears throat> or a, um, yeah. Or like the separate arrow keys. That's like a 65% keyboard is what that I would sort of be called. I don't like those. I like the full arrow keys. Yeah. And you've said that you use the numpad as well because and in your I, line of I, work, yeah. you're typing See, my, a lot of numbers. My people use all the keyboard. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> we use every part of the keyboard. Like I, I have, I use the keypad to type because I'm typing in numbers a lot um, for data entry and stuff. But I also have them mapped to a lot of shortcuts for rearranging windows and spaces. Mm. So mm -hmm. I navigate mm -hmm. through my screen a lot by like holding, you know, I think it's like command and you're, you're what we call a macro man. Yeah. I'm a, a, mac a Mac, a Mac macro man, <laughs> a Mac macro man. <laughs> yeah. I do a lot of that stuff. People, it's funny when people watch me using my computer, they're like, oh yeah, and they're like, what are you doing? They're like, what the crap are you doing? How are you doing? Are you controlling this with your mind? Like, yeah. <laughs> and I don't even think about it because it's just like muscle memory. I'm not even thinking like I'm rearranging things all over the place, but mm -hmm. yeah. And then finally, um, backlighting. Do you do you like a backlit keyboard? Do you care? I do like it. That is the one thing that I miss with these keyboards is that they're like. The Mac ones are kind of, I mean, I think they do have some sort of lighting in them, but they're not. Yeah. Well, you know, the good thing about mechanical keyboards is that since a lot of mechanical keyboards are designed with gamers in mind, they have t yeah. tend to have a lot of backlighting options. Like the one yeah. that I have right now has RGB backlighting, which is frankly daunting to me and I can't be bothered to figure it out. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I do like, I do like a good backlight. I do like stuff like that. Mm hmm. Okay, I think this is particularly right. Right, I think this is all I need to know. So uh, right. we'll follow up at some do you need point. To, do you need to know colors or anything? Do does are you going to surprise um, me? We'll see. Yeah, it depends okay. on what's available. Uh, the okay. the one thing about the the mechanical keyboard world is that a lot of it is done via group buys so there's not mm. typically a lot of things that are sort of normally in stock you, it's more that you sort of buy things and then you wait for them and then you get them sort of thing which irritates me greatly as someone who just sort of wants to get the thing but uh also every other industry knows how to keep things in stock but i don't know <laughs> Like yeah. I sort of get it when, when mechanical <clears throat> keyboards were a sort of budding thing like several years ago and there were not that many people into them, but quite a lot of people are into them now. So I'm yeah. hoping that we transition into the things will just be in stock uh, model <laughs> soon. There's, 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 there's like a point at which it's like it's novel and kind of fun, but then at some point you're like, okay. Can we just yeah, it's like it's like okay it's it's cool that you 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 like purchased a lot of a thousand of a keyboard um and then like sold them all at once and then you're gonna purchase another lot of a thousand keyboards but when five thousand people tried to buy from the first lot maybe you should consider yeah uh, switching yeah. it up a bit <laughs> <laughs> well this so. is fun i'm i'm uh, i'm excited to see what happens and we'll 
follow up mm-hmm. on the show. Indeed. That'll be fun. Um, now I'm prepared to let you pop off on this. Yeah, I'm we're we're kind of we talked a lot about stuff longer at the front, so I don't want to take up too much time because there's some real good stuff on the back end here. That's what she said. The 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 school reopening discourse is I it's just driving me up the wall as someone who works in a school Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. has for like 12 years. Um. It's been my nightmare. Like, I, like this last week has been utterly insane in California, trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Um, and it's like every day, it's a different. <laughs> oh no! What never was- mind. The plans are completely changing, and it's it's for a variety of reasons, which I don't want to get into. But you know, the, the politics the, of it uh- all. What was that? That the oh um, yes, the the new press secretary for President Trump, uh, who mm-hmm. said uh, a couple of days ago, science should not stand in the way of opening up schools amid an ongoing and surging pa- <laughs> pandemic. The way- I mean, we wouldn't want to let something annoying like science get in the way. <laughs> the that way people talk, the way people personify science, like yeah, and they don't do it's it just on a purpose. Sort of That's what's so weird. Yeah, it's a it's like science is just there at the door. <laughs> Yeah, just to annoy you. Yeah, uh. it's just an arbitrary thing, which tells you a lot about how these people think about the mm-hmm. nature of reality. Um, but the big claim that's like driving me up the wall that I keep hearing over and over and over again is is people need to bring, even if they're saying we should not open schools to in class learning, they say, but it's important. Distance learning is not good. Mm. We, we we recognize mm. that distance learning is flawed, that it's not very good, and it's not a great replacement, but that's what we have to do. But but here's the thing, like we don't have the luxury of choosing like exactly what we want. There's no there's no perfect option for like a pandemic. Right. It, and the 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 basically the the comparison that I came up to was like having a room covered in white foam isn't good, but if the room is on fire and you use a fire extinguisher to put it out with a bunch of white foam, that's better than just letting the fire continue. Like yeah. distance learning might not be good, but it's like better than the alternative, which is like mass death in order that we can have the the optimal. Uh, educational model. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You're, well, you're, and I also pri- see- they say they're prioritizing the well-being of students, but guess what falls under well-being is living, not, dying. <laughs> <laughs> not like, getting sick. She's Louise. Well, and I also see a lot of adults, uh, I guess, forgetting their own childhood, and like they just assume that being in school means that you're doing school stuff for like all whatever seven or whatever hours that you're there like you're just constantly learning and doing class that whole time and so they go well you know with distance learning you only get like i don't know maybe three to four hours of actual learning and then the rest is just keeping them entertained it's like what do you think school is what do you think (laughs) is happening at school what do you what do you think i was doing in my study hall like do they how do people forget this this is something that's always driven me nuts it's like do you not remember your own exp- like I can understand if you're not if you're dense and you don't understand the experience of other people outside of you, but even yeah. your own 
were like what were you paying attention to if not your own life <laughs> well and also like are you doing eight hours of work every day exactly eight <laughs> hours of work <laughs> It's just, it's, it's you like, don't look so, at your phone once for a single second yeah. ever in a day. Like, it's, oh, come on. No, they don't. They don't, Andrew, because they're hard workers. Okay. Oh, oh. yeah. They're not bad. like incredible. us. <laughs> the results have been incredible. It's just, it's just so this, the whole discourse around education during the pandemic is so stupid. And it's like this underlying uh, assumption that people uh, let me let me actually pull this up because like I said this to my family mm. the other day and um I'm just scrolling here in our um the, it, oh so so it's like there's this unspoken assumption that it can and maybe will improve for a sufficient amount of time before we have effective treatments and have everybody vaccinated and there's no reason to believe that at all yeah it's a fundamentally we're just gonna magic it away. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 it's not, and it's and so many people believe this, and they don't I mean, even realize the, they believe it. Yeah, that's the thinking behind. Oh well, we can't let science stand in the way. Yeah, it's like listen, th this is one of those things where we say, well, if we just sort of power through it, it'll go away. And it's like, no, it it won't. That's not that's this not is, how it. This works. is not something that we can defeat with grit and tenacity and a desire you, to succeed. <laughs> you cannot change the law of physics with yeah. just not, by. Uh, yeah, <sighs> we're, we're not going to beat this with one of those inspirational ad council billboards. That's like, uh, that's like, you know, respect, pass it on. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the thing that you see, like that you also see happening is at the same time that's going on, it's subtly reinforcing individualism and like consumerist mindset. So I saw like a couple mm. of weeks ago, I saw this example when I was reading this article in Politico um, about as uh, Azar warns the window is closing on combating COVID spread, and um, the the quote was the window is closing. Uh, we have to act, and people as individuals have to act responsibility or responsibly. We need to social distance. We need to wear our face coverings if we're in settings where we can't social distance, particularly in these hot zones. And it's like the nut of what they're saying is that. People as individuals have to act responsibly is how we're going to stop the virus. And that's absolutely yeah. not what what's going to happen that which is silly and obviously dumb. But I think it's also interesting that they will absolutely use that later. And they'll just say, like, well, the reason that so many people died was because you people couldn't get it together. Yes, yes. And and it's 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 like, crazy listen, it wasn't because my fault. Any individual action regarding the coronavirus is, by the very definition, just mitigation. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Because it's a freaking airborne virus. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, we're just, we're just doing a good example of this. Is uh, Here's an article. Georgia's governor on Thursday sued Atlanta's mayor over that city's mask law a day after he banned local governments from requiring the coverings that health experts say helped to stop the spread of COVID-19. The state of Georgia continues to urge citizens to wear masks. This lawsuit is about the rule of law. So they're saying, please, please wear a mask. Um, but when the city of Atlanta has said, no, you, you are required to wear a mask, they're saying, actually, you can't. It's important that everyone have an individual choice whether to wear a mask or not. Right. And this gets into like civil liberty issues and stuff. And I mean, I understand that it's complicated, but like the way people think about it is real dumb. Yeah. 
and it's you just cannot solve this thing on an individual level like and this the thing that i said like back when it was first happening in early spring was until there is a vaccine and that vaccine is widely distributed to everybody and they can get it and they do take it we're not out of the woods and and even when we do get the vaccine and I'm I'm sorry to be the bear of bad news here, but like there's probably going to be a lot of people who don't want to take the vaccine if, unless it gets yeah. substantially worse than it is now. Cause we're already, we're already at over double the amount of Americans have died from COVID than died during the Vietnam war. <sighs> yeah. And, Jeez. and so I don't, it's hard for me to imagine how worse it has to get for people to take it seriously. And like, there was a poll that showed that like something like, was it like 30% of Republicans said they weren't going to take the vaccine? They wouldn't take the vaccine. I think so. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever that might not be a substantial, who knows, but like there are a lot of people who, who won't take the vaccine. And so you know, I don't think how much worse does it have to get for those people to change their minds? Doesn't seem like we can count on that. So, you know, just it's not the idea that we just keep focusing on individuals and focusing on our mitigation tactics, but thinking of them as some sort of like religious ritual that will save us, mm, mm-hmm. you know, like that's going to Cause well, problems. maybe maybe we should just pass a law outlawing the virus. Have they tried that yet? You know, I think you're onto something. Mm. Mm. Speaking of being on something, uh, our you should on, get on our Patreon. You should get on our Patreon. <laughs> get on our level. It's been yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the we have a Patreon. Uh, good stuff. Dot uh, dot fm is our podcast host and network and we love them uh that they allow us to put this audio into the world some for some reason they keep they keep approving our uh <laughs> you know i have to get their approval to post the episode every week and they and keep they, signing off on it yeah for some reason so as long as they do that please please give them some change you know yes give, that's uh, patreon.com slash good stuff and yeah. you get access to the Discord where we hang out and um, smooth our brains. There's a lot of brain smoothing that happens in there. I share links to good Huel clips. Uh, yeah. You know, there's just some it's fun a good stuff place to know that you are, you know, you're not going crazy, and that you know there are other people who uh, uh, notice the same things that you do and whatever. Yeah, um, it's, it's fun. Yeah, we we also have a sponsor this week. Um, mm. Why don't you hit that sponsor music? Let me get, let me get the paper out. It's a big paper. Sorry, I just folded. Gotta unfold it. Okay. Uh, this is uh, this week we're sponsored by a company called White Apron. Oh, White, tell me more. White Apron. Let me tell you about this, uh, Andrew. White Apron is a meal kit service mm-hmm. that does delivery to your McMansion. To oh, your domicile mm-hmm. of meals that are that are crafted by chefs with yes. the white palette in mind. Oh, lovely. Yeah, so if you're mm-hmm. white, you're gonna wanna get white apron, okay? 
Mm -hmm. Now, this these meal kits have no seasonings of any kind. Oh, that's good. I don't like any sort of spice, which, which is just sort of anything on, like for example, chicken. Yeah, yeah, we don't put, we don't have, they don't have spicy things like. I like to like, say, you know, I like to say the only spice that I use is ketchup. Am I right, folks? <laughs> right. Yeah. And 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 this this stuff is guaranteed no measurable Scoville units. Yeah. Absolutely um, no heat of any kind, except you know for the temperature heat, obviously. But right, know, right. Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to worry about rushing to the fridge to get some milk or anything like that. That's correct. Yeah. And now everything will be either uh, a subtle beige color, mm. or or I'm reading here, or like um, all definitely food dyed. Mm. So like mm -hmm. blue and neon green and things like that. Um, right. We also guarantee that your kids will love it. So, you know, serve this to Brinley, Braxton, Bradford, and Chet, and they'll eat it up. They'll eat it, yeah. We guarantee that your kids will not be picky about these meals because they're so bland and boring that there's nothing to complain about. Right. Yeah. So, so white sign apron. up for, for White Apron today. Um, use the promo code 1488. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that. All right, cut it. <laughs> I'm not. I can't cut it. This is all I've been You'll get fourteen dollars and eighty-eight cents off your first order. Oh my gosh! White white apron. <laughs> no, I think I, it's I want to make it clear that that's a joke. <laughs> it's important to understand that we. This is not an endorsement. This is just an ad. It's yeah. very different. Okay. <laughs> Oh, speaking of bad numbers, mm. how's uh, your Bitcoin? Oh, you know, um, I saw a tweet the other day that said if I sent in some Bitcoin, I'd get double the amount back. So I sent them some and I haven't gotten any back yet. Huh, um, maybe it's you just got to wait a little while. Yeah, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Maybe because there were a lot of people tweeting, you know, so maybe they just didn't notice. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, there was a there was a hack of Twitter this week. Um, wherein Ooh. some some bad actors were able to take over lots of verified people's accounts and tweet out um, a very silly Bitcoin scam where it was like, if you send me 10 Bitcoin, I'll send you 20 back, uh, you know, going for the next 20 minutes or whatever. And they apparently netted something like $100,000 worth of Bitcoin. Um, now I, I have, wonder, do you have Bitcoin? Because I always forget that I have. No, I, I do have not Bitcoin. have any. I do not have any Bitcoin. Um, I have point zero 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 nine two eight four eight Bitcoin. So that's is, either like five cents or five hundred thousand dollars, depending <laughs> on the time of day. Currently, it's eight dollars and fifty two cents. Oh, nice! You can buy like a burrito with that. I think yeah. I think I bought on <laughs> well, a whim. Well, except you can't actually because no, you can't I, use Bitcoin to pay for real things. But <laughs> I bought I bought uh ten dollars. Uh, in in Bitcoin initially, and so that's oh, what okay. it is now. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I well. had I had a, a you know one of the things that I wondered is um, what kind of person would be so dumb to fall for the sort of I'll double your money scam, yeah. and then I realized yeah. it's exactly the people who buy Bitcoin thinking that it's a, like a good <laughs> investment. Like those target markets overlap entirely. Talk about perfectly target. It's a Venn diagram. It's just a circle. Yeah. Um, but then the thing was, in order for, for Twitter to mitigate this sort of attack, they ended up having to disable the ability for verified accounts, the the, the infamous blue checks, from yeah. tweeting. 
for like a half an hour, and it was a glorious period in our history. Um, and I believe that uh, we should shut them off more often. Um, in fact, I tweeted requesting that Twitter send me the button that that controls this functionality. So perhaps they Just, will. Oh, it, what it, what it was weird because I was I've been like I said I've been super busy with work, and and like it was the end of my day. And I logged on to Twitter and I was like, wow, Twitter seems real fun right now. Everyone's yeah, right. dumping on people, on blue check people. This is fun. Wow, this is really enjoyable. I didn't know what was going on. And then I like checked in on Discord and I was like, hey, I've been gone all day. Anybody want to tell me what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Give me an update. And I was like, oh, that, wow. And it just reminded me of how Twitter was when like I was first on there. Mm -hmm. before, before they established a sort of class system before influencers you know mm. man and, and it was like yeah this this what it really reveals is like class issues like <laughs> twitter having a class system makes it suck just like anything else having a class system makes it suck mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah. man. It, it 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 was enjoyable time give me that button um mm -hmm. and so like that instance and, and some other instances lately have like sort of bubbled up this thought technology mm, mm -hmm. for me. Um, another instance was that uh, uh, <laughs> this tweet. Damn, super jealous that Rod Dreher's whose book, The Benedict Option, was was cited by Alito today. So Justice Alito cited Rod Dreher, who's. Famous for writing, blogging about, you know, uh, the exorcisms of his wife. Yeah. <laughs> he's, uh... He's, like, he's, very tradcath kind of he's weirdo. He's, like, the tradist of the tradcath, but, like, yeah, super weird dude. Was cited by a Supreme Court justice. <laughs> very cool, yeah. Very cool and normal. And so the thought technology that I've really been working on here lately is, like, these people are not that smart. No, and, and, you, and, and they're really not. Yeah. And if you remember that, it will be very good for you. And somehow it's hard to remember that because we're so used to concluding that like people who are successful or who have power have it for a reason. But the thing is, they, they don't. don't. There is there's no reason other than that they've been given it because of class structures in our society. Mm hmm. And, and another good example of this this week was um, the resignations from their respective outlets um, of Barry Weiss and Andrew <laughs> Sullivan, um, who yeah. ba basically both self-canceled. Um, yeah, it was Barry beautiful. Weiss wrote this very long. Now, well, I don't, I don't know if it was self-canceling or whether we were the ones who did it because we. Oh well, you know, yeah, you know, um, we hmm, brought it up, hmm. and then the next day, food for thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but Barry Weiss um, resigned from her post at the New York Times where she was an op-ed writer and she wrote a very long and rambling resignation letter. Um, and uh, it's summarized in these two tweets by Sean of, of the YouTube channel, Sean, who's great, and says, I read the Barry Weiss resignation letter and it really is amazing how her main complaint is that her work was demeaned. She wasn't silenced. She wasn't fired. The problem is people didn't like what she wrote and said so. Um and that's, yeah, really mostly is that people uh, pointed out to her how uh, myopic her arguments were and she didn't like it and she didn't like that the uh, leadership of the New York Times didn't crack down on them or whatever. 
and so she's yeah. leaving. The, feel, um, the feeling when your 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 uh, idea fails in the marketplace of ideas, it must be something else. <laughs> right. Yeah. It can't be because my ideas are bad. You must have cheated somehow. Yeah. Um, but it's clear that that Barry Weiss has been sort of aiming this whole time. She's been teeing up, trying to like get mm. fired so that the, she can go out in like a blaze of fired for truth, free speech glory. Yeah. And the thing was, the New York Times just doesn't really care that much. And frankly, not enough people even know who Barry Weiss is for that to matter um, no, almost the only people who know who she is are the people she trolls all the time uh, yeah like don't I, like i her. would estimate a significant portion of the readership of her columns is people like hate reading it yeah yeah totally um also notwithstanding the tweet from someone else on twitter who said that the barry weiss uh resignation was the largest media story uh in history <laughs> and someone Better pointed out that else. it was it was only like a year ago that uh, uh, Jamal Khashoggi, uh, one of the uh, journalists for, I think, the Washington Post, was literally killed by uh, the Saudi Arabians in their embassy in well, Turkey. Well, shit. Um, <laughs> cool. Cool. Um, then Andrew Sullivan also left New York Magazine. Um, and then slightly earlier from this, Ben Shapiro stepped down as the editor-in-chief of the Daily Wire website that he founded. Um, it all happened so quickly that it seems somewhat obvious that they have something cooking up. Um, uh -huh. That we'll probably hear about here soon. Um, yeah. Maybe but, they're all moving to the Atlantic Mag Monthly. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> It'll be interesting. Um, so, maybe they're all going to um, go work for the Lincoln Project. Mm, oh, yeah, great. Yeah, love that. <laughs> um, there's a good article that I put in here from Mel Magazine. Um, which discusses this and also discusses the whole Goya thing. Um, and it's entitled, Cancel Culture Only Shows Who the Con Artists Are. Um, so that was fun. Um, another fun thing is that big brain Ben over here has, um, he's discovered something, um, yesterday Ooh, that sad. he'd like to show you. Um, if you'll click on this tweet, it's, it's a uh, caption map of mask wearing in the U S versus map of total case count in the U S see if you can spot the pattern. Now it turns out if you also grab a map of the population density of the U S it also looks pretty similar to these, <laughs> these maps. My answer is something called science. Yeah. So, um, anyway, it's yeah. uh, almost as though people are generally responding to incentives and case count in semi-rational fashion. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, or maybe it's just that where the people are is where people the pattern are wearing for those masks. who missed it. It's not that masks don't work. We don't know that from the start. It seems rather obvious, however, that where people are most under risk, they are masking most, which is because people are generally self-interested and rational. <laughs> it's like, well. Uh, no, that's <laughs> Ben. It's Ben. That's just where the people are, and indeed, there's an XKCD to this effect um, uh, called heat map, which is about heat maps that are just population maps. Um, Thanks, Benifer. Yeah, thank you for that <laughs> so much, Editor Emeritus of DailyWire.com, the Big Brain Man. The Big um, Brain Man. Now uh, let's transition uh, quickly from the Big Brain Man to the Big Rich Guy. <laughs> Um, this is guy. a gentleman named Eric uh, Weinstein, whose yeah. uh, bio is Math Guy, MD at Teal Capital, which we love. <laughs> so this is a VC guy. Um, he has been involved in, uh, previously we talked about Taylor Lorenz and the VCs who were mm -hmm. um, harassing her. And mm -hmm. in fact, that's still ongoing. Um, he is sort of tangentially involved in that. Um, but he made a tweet today, or not today, this week, um, 
He says, lastly, every day I have an experience that parallels black American lives. I'm neurodivergent and a disagreeable contrarian. So I have an army of people telling me from the moment I get up until I go to sleep that I'm various things. I'm absolutely not with no way to correct them. Um, and this is another entry in um, the struggles of rich, privileged people thinking that their struggles are exactly the same as those of marginalized communities. I mean, he's basically Actually, saying here, I'm exactly like black people. I'm, I'm POC too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting that these people have never really actually suffered from any sort of real oppression. And so like the mildest pushback that they receive, they're like, oh my God, I'm being oppressed. This is terrible. This is completely unjust and unacceptable. Um, and Barry Weiss is, that's basically her whole shtick as well, yeah. is that whole thing. So yeah, we love it. Um, Help, I'm being oppressed. I'm being oppressed. I, so I tweeted that, and I tweeted that so that you can retweet it anytime this sort of thing happens again. It's just big rich guy. I'm actually the victim. It's um, it's really good. It's a really uh, evergreen tweet. Yeah. The thing is, like, I like it because I just want to start calling every one of these people big rich guy because, I, like, I've been tweeting lately the guy slot in my brain, the guys slot. I can't have any more mm -hmm. guys. Right. Please yeah. don't make me learn the name of any more guys. I can't. There's <laughs> all full up on guys. max capacity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and had, finally, yeah, you had a really good thought here, too. To round us out, um, it, you know, this all falls under these people are not that smart. I had a thought this week about hustle culture, um, which is obviously destructive because it, it sort of teaches people that like, oh, you just have to, uh, you know, uh, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. And like um, there were some good examples. Some people had screenshotted some very obnoxious TikToks from like this real estate investor lady um, that was like tips for 11 year olds on starting a business and all this uh, extremely <laughs> cringy hustle culture content. But then I thought, you know, we, we know that part of hustle culture is har harmful, but I think another part of it is that um, in sort of this idea of the hustle and, you know, putting in the work or whatever, that it basically um, builds these people's egos and they think that they put in a lot of effort and struggled really hard to build their thing, basically hard neglecting. Workers neglecting all the privilege that they had. And a great example of this is Gary V, um, who mm. likes to talk about how hard he worked at the beginning. Um, but, you know, um, neglects to mention that basically he had uh, daddy's uh, wine store money. So, like, that's how he got his start. And that's how he got so successful. In First known as a ways... wine critic who expanded his family's wine business. Very cool. St yeah. Step one to how, to how to become a millionaire at age uh, 30 be an heir to a family wine business knowledge <laughs> it's very simple all you have to do is be born into the right family right but they can't sell that so right yeah they got to come up with something else and then you it go is... listen listen i i built this business excuse me yeah anyway <laughs> this week we have some homework um Yes, for you, our dear listener, because we want to prove that distance learning is actually useful. Yeah, so, we're going to um, engage in some distance learning. And trust me, it will be rewarding. Okay? Yes. And I will, I, I will adjure you to, while you watch this video clip that we're going to leave in the, in the show notes, mm -hmm. I want you to tweet or go in the Discord and share your thoughts and feelings as you watch this. And and the knowledge and the 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 goodness that you'll feel it is um it is an episode of California's Gold with Huel Hauser mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it is called Basset Hound Picnic 
Mm. Oh boy, look. And it's it's literally what it says on the tin. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds just... that sounds great. You sent this to me. I have not yet had time to watch it, but I'm I so certainly excited. I saw the title and I was uh-huh. like, well, you know, I, I got to save this for, you know, I really have to savor this. Yeah, it's <laughs> so it's, I've it's set aside some time to watch it. <laughs> In these trying times, we really do need more fuel. We do. Uh, it's something yes. that I believe and something that I recommend to you. So let it do that and let us know what you think. Uh, I want to hear all about it. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what I'm doing. I was not prepared for this. I'm trying and I'm learning. Thank you for your patience. There's so many mistakes I have already made, but I'm working to be better day by day. And I think I'm gonna make it, but for now I'll say I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing.